Welcome back to another episode of Making Monsters. I'm Taylor Dahl. That's Dylan Ryan. And we are back for one of our next mini podcast series for who the Bears could potentially take at that number nine. Um, so many options. We've got offensive linemen. We've got defensive linemen. We've got edge rushers. We've got wide receivers. We've got running backs. We've hmm. got corners. Uh, we are not a fan of that one. Um, but... So many routes that the Bears could take because so many holes that the Bears have. Uh, things shift a little bit with some of these signings. Um, obviously, they s- signed DJ Moore. So does that take a little bit of the pressure off getting a wide receiver for Ryan Poles? Possibly. Uh, they the, the, the linebacker group looks good to me. Looks like we're going to have some fun with that linebacking group. Yeah. Um, so I'm super excited about that. That was probably like when I ranked them – about a month and a half ago, it was probably like fourth or fifth on my priority list. And now that's like dropped to the bottom. Um, wide receivers dropped a little bit for me. And that was number one on my list. So now sitting at the very top is offensive line, defensive line. Um, so we'll see how which route Ryan Poles wants to take with that. We'll see if he wants to package any of his other picks and move up. Um, and to the top, you know, late one or early two to get a guy that he really likes. So it's going to be interesting, and there's going to be all sorts of mock drafts coming out uh, within this next month that are going to probably give us all different guys at this point. We um, now today, obviously talking about Ohio State, it's pretty obviously who, pretty obvious who we're going to talk about. But we're actually going to talk about multiple people. Luckily, because, they have a lot of good players. Yeah, luckily there's many choices to pluck from, and we didn't even go Dewan Jones in this, and we could have probably talked about Dewan, even though I do think he's more of a maybe. He's going to be like top of the second. To, what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but we st- we're going to start with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Obviously, there's that connection. The Ohio State, Justin Fields, although their first season they didn't play a whole lot together, they still know each other. They've both mentioned each other. Justin Fields has commented about how he'd like to draft JSN. JSN has talked about how he'd love to, you know, come and play with Justin Fields. Um, so that's one thing that obviously we have to talk about. And another is a dire need for the Chicago Bears on offensive line, which is Paris Johnson Jr., offensive tackle, who was left tackle last season. He's played right tackle. He's played right guard. He's been all over the line. So there's many options you can do with that, just depending where what Ryan Poles wants to do with the line. Is he confident in Braxton? Is he confident in Tevin? Um, and that's about the two names that I'm going to name because the rest, there's no way he's confident in. Um, so I'd we, have some serious questions about his football uh, if acumen he, if he was if confident he was like, in the rest of that. We're good with um, Larry Borum and Sam Mustafer and whoever is at left guard and the, the revolving door of left guards we had last season. Um, but obviously, we're talking to a guy from Ohio State. We have to talk about Justin Fields also. So we are going to get into that. So let's go ahead and jump into this episode with um, Bill, and that way we can recap it a little bit and see what he likes and doesn't like about some of these guys. All right, now we are joined by Bill Rabinowitz. He's an Ohio State uh, beat writer for The Dispatch. Obviously, uh, when you hear Ohio State, you can think of a million players that are in the NFL right now, several that will be coming out pretty high into the draft uh, into the draft this year, including a couple names that the Bears fans, Bears media, Bears scouts, everybody probably has their eye on because one in particular, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, he is a name that obviously the Bears have been needing a wide receiver. They went and made a, a move and got DJ Moore, but a lot of people still think there's just one more 
need that the Bears could kind of check off and help Justin Fields even more for this next season. So, Bill, first of all, thanks for hopping on with us. I know things are a little hectic and crazy right now, and uh, so I really appreciate it. But let's jump right into JSN. Uh, the obvious first thing for him and Justin, there is uh, they they are familiar with each other. Now, he only had 10 receptions and 40, 49 yards in 2020 with Justin, but they have both kind of initiated the fact that they would like to play with each other. Do you think that is an added benefit when someone is coming from college football to the NFL to play with somebody they have played with before? Oh, sure. It, uh, you know, it's not it's not a huge deal, but if there is some familiarity, if, you know, if, if the Bears were to take Jackson, then he would know, hey, I, I know the quarterback. I don't have to worry about the chemistry with him. I know what makes him tick. I know how he likes to operate. It could only help. And, and the same thing for Justin Fields. Okay, I know that, that Jackson likes to do this on, on these plays. I know what his skill set is. And so, yeah, it would it would definitely help. I mean, it's not – you wouldn't draft a guy solely on that, but it, but it would be a side benefit. So this year, past season for Jack Smith and Jigba, it really was a season to forget. He didn't really play much in the games he did play. You know, he'd only have like one or two catches. I think his most yards just like something in the 40s. Just didn't really have that great of a season after coming off what was one of the best receivers for Ohio State receiver almost ever. And then that Rose Bowl where he put up over 300 yards. Do you think there should be any level of concern based on the level of production he had his last season? Or was it just kind of a fluke? Well, I think the fact that he ran uh, did so well in the, in the code drills and some of those. He didn't run the forty, but he did the other stuff, and he looked really good. Uh, I think that really should allay any fears that people have about that hamstring, because hamstring injuries are not career-threatening, but they can linger, and they, they certainly lingered for Ohio at Ohio State this year. It was a very frustrating season. Yeah, he only played three games. He, he probably should have stayed out longer and tried to come back at the end instead of coming back when he did. Um, but the fact that he ran so well at the combine, just looked so good doing it, should really, I would say, take away those fears. He's going to run the 40 at Ohio State's Pro Day, at least is expected to, uh, next week, a week from today. And so, um, you know, that would that would further clinch it. I mean, he's not like a speedster, speedster. He's, I mean, he's fast, but he's not. That's not his calling card necessarily. Um, it's more the quickness and getting in and out of cuts and hands and, and run after catch and all that stuff. Um, he's not like a pure deep threat, even though he can't do that. Yeah, so when you mentioned, obviously, there was that hamstring injury that kind of took away the majority of last season. But when we go back to the 2021 season, 1,606 yards, nine touchdowns as the starting slot receiver for Ohio State. What would you say was Jackson Smith and Jigba's biggest strengths that season that kind of excelled him to those numbers? Yeah, I mean, kind of what I said, he's, he's so quick that it's impossible for a linebacker to cover him. They, they just don't have that kind of shiftiness that he does. And he's a very uh, he's a very good route runner. He has very good hands. He, he's a student of the game, so he kind of knows how defenses are going to try to defend him. <clears throat> and and they just physically you know, can't do it. It also helped, in fairness, that he had Chris Olave and mm-hmm. Jared Wilson on the outside. He had two first-round picks. They went 10 and 11. Uh, in last year's draft, and, and, and Garrett Wilson was the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. So, you know, he was kind of the third option in a way, and defenses, I would say, basically treated him that way. Although, if you were to ask Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson who was the best of the three, they would all say, they both said, they did say that it's Jackson. He's the most talented of the three of them, which, you know, Garrett Wilson's an incredibly talented guy, and so is so is Chris Olave. So that kind of gives you an idea of, of – just how gifted Jackson is. 
Well, if he does come to Chicago, you'd assume he'd slide into that number three spot behind Mooney and uh, DJ Moore. So could mm-hmm. be potentially a great fit there. Um, so the last few years, there's been kind of a big trend where it's getting the star quarterback and then finding the star receiver that went along with him in college. You had LSU with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, Tua Tungaviola and uh, Jalen Waddell at Alabama. But those guys, they had years of experience. They were the number one targets for quite a bit of time, and they had a lot of success on the field. Jackson and Justin have that familiarity, but they never really had the extreme success on the field. Do you think there should be any level of concern as to, like, that they're going to have the same little production right away as uh, Jalen Waddle and a Tua or a Joe Burrow and a, a Jamar Chase? I mean, I wouldn't think that that would – no, I'm not really. I mean, the, the fact is that, that Jackson was a freshman in 2020, and that was a COVID year. They only played seven games. You know, Jackson was was – a role player at best that year, you know, at 10 catches, they, had, they, had, they were loaded then. And so, um, and that was such a strange year. I mean, the COVID mm-hmm. year, they, they hardly practiced. And, you know, I mean, do they have great chemistry together? I mean, you know, years, with years of experience? No, they don't. But there's at least some familiarity. And, and you know, I think they were friends. Justin feels as well-liked uh, on the team, and so was Jackson. So I'm, I'm sure they got along you know, fine. I've never really asked about their relationship, but I would, I would assume it's a good one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it was just better that that was Justin Fields last year, and it was Jackson's first year. Yeah, yeah I mean, what I was going to say, based off the things they've said so far, you'd assume that they kind of want to play together. So you think the chemistry's there, so. Yeah, there's something there. Yeah. But obviously, when we're talking about, we talked a little bit about his injury and how, you know, the, the hamstring kind of messed up last season. But let's talk about the personality-wise and what comes out of that. Because obviously, him going through that this last season, some players may have returned for another year to kind of just like prove themselves a little more since really it was that 2021 season that people are going off of. And there have been questions like if there's a concern that all the production came out of one season. How has Jackson kind of powered through all of that and been able to keep going and also still stay in the top of the draft board right now? through all of that, everything he's had to deal with, with COVID in 2020 and then that, the, the injury in 20, this last season? Yeah, I think, first of all, he's just that talented. I mean, it's, I don't think you have to be an NFL scout when you watch tape of him to go, oh, that guy's good. I mean, he kind of jumps off the screen. And, and from the, the time he got to Ohio State, he was the guy that he came in with a very, very good recruiting class. He was not necessarily the top recruit, top receiving receiver recruit in that class. But you heard pretty early on, watch out for this guy. Watch out for this guy. And you could see it. Uh, he just, you know, again, that shiftiness. And he just kind of played at a different level than, than a lot of the other young receivers. And, um, you know, so I'm not, I wasn't at all surprised by what he did. You know, again, he was only at Ohio State three years. The first year as a freshman last year. It was really, you know, the hamstring injury ruined the season. He only had one, one year, but I think that one year was enough to show what he can do. So over the last few years, Ohio State has really established themselves, arguably, as the best wide receiver production school. I mean, you got guys like Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Smith and Jigba, and then Marvin Harrison Jr. is still going to be there. Of the guys I just said, who would you say is the most talented in your opinion? Who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, do I like uh, pizza or do I like chocolate ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's. It's, it's really an impossible question. I mean, I would say this. I think that Marvin Harrison Jr., if he came out in this year's draft, would be a top-five pick. Um, I think he's, he's that good. I don't know that he has any weaknesses at all, and he's, and he's bigger. He's six foot four, and he's fast, and he's got everything. So, you know, he's only done it for one you know, year, so I, I hesitate to, 
put him ahead of anybody because of that. But if you were starting a team and you said, which of the four would you start a team with? I would probably say Marvin Harrison Jr. Just because of what I said, he's six foot four. He's fast. He's got great hands. <clears throat> he's, he's very quick for a guy, his size, not just fast, but quick. Um, and just a, a, an incredibly hard worker. You think with a Hall of Fame father that you might kind of you might kind of take it easy or rest with laurels, and he, he doesn't. He, he's among the hardest working players on the team. So uh, that's not to slight Jackson Smith and Jigba or Chris Chris Olave or, uh-huh. or Garrett Wilson. They're all great, but you know, it's give me any of them, and I'd be happy. Yeah, I was gonna say some of the plays I watched this last season. I was just like, so can we make? Did we just get rid of that whole three years after a high school thing and just make it two because Garrett Wilson's ready to be in the NFL people. right now. Yeah. Not Garrett Wilson, no, Marvin Harrison, rather. Sorry. Marvin Harrison. Yeah. yeah, Marvin Harrison should skip it this year and not play. You know, just, just you know, that's what Jamar Chase did. Now, that was a COVID year. You know, there's they had an excuse. But, yeah, I've heard that, that you know, people say that. Don't don't risk getting hurt. You know, just, just he, he would be I, – I think he would be a top five pick this year. Probably, yeah. Now, Bill, before we move on to Paris Johnson Jr. a little bit, uh, what do you think? Do you think the outcome, the unfortunate outcome of that Georgia Buckeye game would have changed if JSN was in that game? Oh, I asked him that question at the combine. I said, finish this sentence. If I hadn't been hurt, we would have. And he said, definitely won the championship. Yeah. Championship. So, I, I feel like I agree with that, honestly. I mean, it was close. Yeah, so. I had Marvin Harrison. Yeah, fourth quarter, they would have won the game. But, you know, that's football. Yeah, that is. That is. Um, All right, let's move on a little bit to Paris Johnson Jr. Obviously, offensive tackle is another position that the Bears need very badly. Uh, Justin Fields got sacked 55 times last season, and the pass protection uh, was not very good for the majority of the season. Um, So when you're looking at Paris Johnson Jr., Ohio State – fought off a lot of schools to get this guy and ended up getting him um, all, very high ratings, rankings, everything coming out of high school and obviously going to school, high school in San- Cincinnati. I'm sure that kind of factored into his decision for Ohio State. But what did Ryan Day ultimately do to lock in uh, Paris Johnson as a Buckeye? Well, it's funny. Paris Johnson uh, Jr. did not grow up an Ohio State fan. He grew up in Cincinnati. He was much more of a Miami Red Hawk fan. Uh, that's where his kind of family, had, some of his relatives had gone there. That was kind of the school that he followed. And Ohio State was just another school. And then when he went to visit, almost grudgingly, he fell in love with it. Just the family atmosphere, as he called it, and the brotherhood. And, and, and now it seems like an obvious choice. A five-star guy from in-state goes to Ohio State. But it really was not a mm-hmm. done deal. Um, but he, from the time he showed up, it was pretty clear that he was going to be a three-and-done guy, that he – he had everything you wanted in an offensive tackle. He was big. He was athletic. He was smart, hard worker, smart guy. I mean, I just, when he was, you know, I, I joked with him. I said, I, you know, I thought you were smart, but then I said, oh, I know you're a journalism major, so I questioned that. <laughs> <laughs> As a, another journalism major, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, he wrote for the school paper. Um, and so, you know, he's an interesting guy. He, he created a foundation, established a foundation in high school. Uh, charitable foundation and he continued it last year he gave um, Christmas gifts to children of uh, incarcerated veterans and nonviolent uh, convicts and and because he, he knew that those kids were going to have their their parent and wanted to make sure that they had a Christmas gift and so he's just a very you know kind of a big-hearted guy and as a player he he's a plug-and-play guy you're not going to worry with Paris Johnson he's just going to be a solid starter from day one. He's got things to learn, like they all do. Mm-hmm. You know, but 
when you go against the players that he goes that he went against at Ohio State every day, you know Zach Harrison and and you know, the guys that he went. Against, I mean, it, it prepares you pretty well. So I would think he's a very low risk pick. So right now for the Bears, uh, when it stands for the tackle positions, we have the left tackle Braxton Jones, who was good last year, but I would say didn't do enough to make him like the future left tackle for sure. And then right tackle is a big unknown for us right now. Would you say that Paris is for sure want to be a left tackle the next few at the next level, or do you might be more open to playing the right tackle position? I mean, he played right guard as a as, uh, sophomore because that was where the the opening was. The Ohio State had had uh, Nicholas Petit Frere at left tackle, and they had um, oh my god, why am I forgetting his name? <laughs> oh, they wanted to play Dewan Jones mm-hmm. at. Uh, Red right tackle, so that's why. Uh, so he played, and Dwan Jones cannot play with guard. He's, he's too big. He's massive, so, <laughs> very big. He's six, eight, three seventy, whatever it is. And so Paris Johnson played right guard. You know, he was very good, at, but it was not his natural position. You could tell. Um, could he play right tackle? I'm sure he could, but I think left tackle is probably where he's better. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting because I think that, I mean, the Bears are just trying to figure things out in general. And they they drafted Braxton Jones last year, who started at left tackle. And he kind of, he started getting better throughout the season. So the question here is, do they go for a left tackle guy and take, you know, move Braxton somewhere else or have Braxton battle for that spot? So it's really going to be interesting to see that. But I mentioned earlier about how much they struggled in the pass protection last season, the Bears. And uh, Paris Johnson, from what I've read and from what I've watched, that is definitely one of his better attributes. His solid, he's really solid in that. Um, but what I have read about is that he may need some coaching up when it comes to the edge rushers, the NFL-style edge defenders. Is that something you agree with, or have you seen him be able to handle those in the Big Ten also? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think that any player coming from college is going to struggle or at least have to adapt to the speed of NFL edge rushers. They're just incredibly fast. I mean, I covered the NFL for 12 years, and when I went to covering, leaving the NFL for Ohio State, it felt like the players were in slow motion. And so when you go, you think about how much faster players are in the NFL, it's an adjustment for everybody. But I think that, you know, with some technique work and, and coaching that he'll get there, that he'll, he'll adjust pretty quickly. So this next question for me is more of a personal issue that I've had with Paris Johnson. So... <laughs> I keep calling Paris Johnson Paris Campbell. I cannot stop doing it. I try so hard. Have you had this problem, or has anyone else in the Ohio State had issue had that problem? Considering Paris was there a few no, years prior, I, I haven't, but but I understand it. Um, there are certain guys I get mixed up with, you know, but that's he's not one of them. Yeah, I think uh, the name Paris is a little unique. So when you got two of those on one team with one school, it's oh a little hard to separate right. them. So it also doesn't help that Paris I think is a free agent right now, and his name's in the news. So. Uh, so one more before we move on a little bit to Justin Fields, because obviously one of the big things, too, is uh, for offensive linemen is availability for you to be able to stay healthy throughout of season. And obviously we know by the end these guys are going to be banged up. They're all dealing with some sort of something by the end, especially in the NFL now with the 17, 18 week season. Well, the 18 week season, 17 week, 17 games. And so is we mentioned a little bit with JSN's injury, and you said you're not too concerned with that, with that being an issue moving forward. Uh, did Paris Johnson deal with anything that would potentially be something to look at, to keep an eye at when it comes into the NFL, or was he pretty healthy for the most part? He was healthy. I'm, I'm trying to look up real quickly whether he missed any games. I don't recall him missing any games or even him being on the injury list. Um, 
I don't recall. I'm pretty sure that he played every game, and it was never really an issue. I mean, yeah, he's been durable. I mean, I mean, obviously, it's got to get look this stuff up because he he uh, doesn't have statistics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, no, I, I, as far as I know, as far as I remember, he did not miss any games and and never. As far I can't remember him even leaving a game injured. So I think that's that's I mean, good. That's a good sign that you're not remembering anything. That's it like, must have been not that bad if it did happen. So <laughs> Jones missed some stuff, and other players. Look, playing on the line is such a such a thankless mm-hmm. job. I mean, you're constantly in danger of being rolled up, and and just you know, every every play is a collision. And yeah. so it's amazing that these guys, any of them, make it through a season. Honestly. Mm-hmm. I know. I think the same thing all the time. When I watch some of these guys, and last season we watched the Bears just offensive line rotate through guys and rotate through guys because nobody could stay healthy. But then we have guys like Braxton Jones, who is rookie left tackle, played every single snap for the Bears last season at left tackle. Some guys are just built different. Absolutely incredible to see those numbers. Uh, One more thing, because I did see, I did read when he was a freshman, he came to Ohio State, 6'3", 205, and now what I'm seeing is a 6'7", 295-pound man. And they're saying there's even room to grow. They expect him to probably even get, obviously, more muscular and gain a little bit more strength. Is he that guy that is in the workout in, in that workout room, weightlifting, doing all this stuff to get stronger and faster constantly? Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, I'm not in the weight room with him, but I've never heard any kind of complaints about him in that way. And, and you know, you generally do. I mean, I know like C.J. Stroud, it was early in his career, it was an effort to get him, you know, motivated in the weight room. <laughs> but he eventually got with the program, but it took a little while. I've, I've never heard that about Paris. I, I think he's a hard worker, and I wouldn't I, – I, I'm surprised that was what he was listed at coming in. I, he struck me as being fairly, you know, man-sized mm-hmm. as an 18-year-old when he came in. So I don't know if that number is correct. Correct. But, okay. Yeah. Not, yeah. I'm not sure. But, yeah, he's – you know, these guys are all – He's, what, 21 probably, and so they're still filling out. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to Justin Fields a little bit because obviously that's a that's a hot topic uh, this offseason. I feel like finally we've squashed the rumors a little bit of are the Bears going to trade Justin Fields for Bryce, or draft a quarterback like Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, whatever the situation was a couple, a month and month and a half or so ago. But you obviously, working and covering Ohio State for a while now, uh, were able to watch Justin Fields very closely. And so what was your reaction when you were hearing these reports that Justin Fields was unable to throw the football and he's a running quarterback? <laughs> I think it's absurd. I mean, I, <laughs> I, you know, I, I know Justin. I, you know, I, I know his father quite well. And he's, they've always kind of rankled, they've always rankled them, that, that this perception that he's a running quarterback. He's a, he is a quarterback who, when he needs to, can run really well. But he would prefer, at least, you know, when he was at Ohio State, he wanted to be a, a passer first. And again, you know, there are times to run, and he didn't hesitate to run. And he's he's a gifted runner, obviously, but he wants to be a quarterback, and he is. He's got a great arm. Um, you know, the only real criticism I thought legitimate criticism of him as a, as a college player was sometimes he would hold on to the ball too long and take a sack because he was so confident in the ability to, to get out of the pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes he would take sacks unnecessarily, but he was he had a great arm. You know, he could throw the short pass, the long, you know, the deep pass. He obviously could could run. Um, he, you know, 
I, I always thought it was kind of absurd when people thought he was a running quarterback. I mean, no, no, no slap at Lamar Jackson, but if you watch Lamar Jackson's fundamentals as a passer and Justin Fields' fundamentals as a passer, I mean, Justin Fields is a much cleaner delivery, I think, a release than, than Lamar Jackson does. And Lamar Jackson's a great player. Mm-hmm. But I think that Lamar Jackson's not the kind of guy who's going to throw over 400 yards very often. Yeah. I think Justin Fields, given the right offense and the right you know tools around him, could do that. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And like, if you look at Ohio State, like, look at that wide receiver room. There's first round picks literally everywhere on that team. Look at the wide receiver room now. Not one NFL first round pick there before. (laughs) So it's a little bit different. And then like, if you look at his numbers at Ohio State, his senior or junior redshirt junior year rather, he rushed for 383 yards. That is not anything crazy. He Mm -hmm. got drafted off of his arm, off of his athleticism, and off of his talent. So the narrative of him being a running quarterback, I feel like it just didn't really start until he got to the NFL and he had to run. Yeah, if you he can't, yes, yeah, it, it, and Bill, if you can't tell, we have been um, arguing and fighting this topic for like seven months now. So we are just like, we just want it ready to, to go end. To war. <laughs> we are ready to go to war over Justin Fields, and obviously, I think another thing with Justin, and you tell me if this is something you noticed during the time at Ohio State, because he put a lot on his himself this season, and there were games that the Bears should have lost by probably two, three touchdowns, and they were within a score because Justin Fields was able to do things that other people just can't do. I mean, he was breaking record after record, and although a lot of those had to do with rushing, but like we said, you were just he was just kind of out there trying to survive and get through his second season in the NFL. But is that something that Justin's always been kind of putting the the weight of the team on himself? Yeah, I think so. I, you know, his first year, he was very careful not to kind of um, assert himself too quickly because he was a transfer. He was coming from, uh, you know, he had an established team that he was joining. He didn't want to assume that he didn't want to kind of act like the big man on campus right away. He wanted to kind of work quietly and earn respect, which he did. Uh, and then the next year, when he did assert himself more vocally, he, it was COVID. And that was just an insane year. It was mm. just really hard. They didn't practice much. Um, it, it's just very difficult. Everyone was kind of in their own little silos. And they were no, it was just it was just crazy. So he never really had the normal college experience that you would have had. But I, but I do know that his teammates really liked him and they respected him and they, they, um, they rallied around him. And you know, that's not always easy when, when you're a transfer and you come in and, you know, some people, they, they had relationships with the, the previous quarterbacks and who's this new guy coming in, think he's going to just take over. And, you know, there's, there can be that. Mm-hmm. And, and I never sensed that there was any of that with Justin. Part of it was, it was clear he was going to be the quarterback. I mean, yeah. it was, he, you know, Dustin, Dwayne Tass had moved on. Um, you know, there were, there were really no other options. We knew it was going to be Justin Fields and it should be, I mean, he was the number two recruit in his class. Um, so, but he, but he didn't want to come in and, and act, you know, kind of strut around and this is my team. And that's, you know, he kind of knew better than to have that approach. He just worked behind the scenes, was a leader by example, more than a verbal leader that first year. Um, but then you could see in what we could see, which was not much the second year that it really, it really was his team. And, you know, they, they almost had no business going to the championship game, but they just kind of willed them there. And then they got exposed by Alabama, which was a, you know, an unbelievably good team. Um, and Justin Fields that week, the Alabama game didn't even practice. Wow. Yeah. I mean, after that Clemson game, like that was one of the most gutsy, like put your, put your heart on the line performance I've ever seen. Like Mm -hmm. holding his chest the entire time, like ribs clearly broken. It was insane. (laughs) 
that's when I fell in love with Kid, honestly. Yes. Like, it was, he was just a true leader in that moment. So, uh, Bill, I asked you a pretty chocolate or vanilla ice cream question earlier. I think you can get know where I'm going with this one. You got a pretty talented quarterback at Ohio State now, or at least on the way out. He's potentially looking like he's going to be the number one pick in the draft. CJ Stroud, Justin Fields, whose game do you prefer more? <laughs> but giving him I'm, the hard I'm, ones. I'm giving him all the hard <laughs> questions. You know, this is a hard-hitting yeah, interview. You know, that's, that's, that's an even tougher one. Yeah, I bet. Because some of it is just what you're looking for in a quarterback. Mm-hmm. If you want that running element, not that he's a runner, you know, not he's a run <laughs> first quarterback, but if you want that element, yeah, he's, that's the guy. Um, C.J. Stroud throws a beautiful ball. I mean, just the touch that he has. He throws, people have said he's got a, he's, he throws a softball. It's a compliment. In other words, a very easily catchable ball. It's very rare to find quarterbacks that do that. You know, they all throw, they all, you know, throw the velocity. They can all make, you know, deep throws. But some quarterbacks just have a knack for putting the ball, making it easy for receivers, putting it exactly where they need to put it. And, and just that's, that's CJ Stroud. So, it's really, just, you know, do you prefer vanilla or chocolate? It's not a matter of is one better than the other. Um, but the other thing is Justin Fields has to some degree proved it at the NFL level. And I think there's something to be said for that. I mean, at the NFL, uh, rookie quarterbacks are always a crapshoot. I mean, I, I've covered the league for long enough to know that. It's, so much depends on factors that the quarterback himself has no actual control over. Is it a good system? Is it, does he have good coaching? Does he have talent around him? Does he stay healthy? Uh, you know, five, ten different things that determine whether a quarterback is successful. Um, C.J. Stroud has all the ingredients to be successful. Same with Dustin Fields. It's just about more the situation that they're in, what kind of help they get or don't get that's going to determine their success. So uh, going off C.J., I mentioned that he's probably looking like he's be the number one pick in the draft. How are people in Columbus feeling about him potentially going to Carolina? Do you think it's a good system for him? I don't know that people here, and honestly, I don't know (laughs) whether Carolina would be a good system for him. I would hope that whatever team would take him would believe that he's the right quarterback for their system, that Mm -hmm. if they want a running quarterback, that they wouldn't take him, that Bryce Young would be their guy. But if they want a guy who can sit in the pocket and just pick you apart, that's more his style. Um, uh, I would hope that they would would be picked by a team that that will – mold the offense to what suits him as opposed to trying to square fair, fit a square peg into a round hole. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like I said, I think every every quarterback in the NFL uh, is a crapshoot just because at the top of the draft they're going to bad teams. Yeah. yeah. And it's a matter of how quickly, you know, why they are bad. Was it they had injury, were they just racked by injuries the year before or they had genuinely bad teams? I mean, <clears throat> so that makes a difference. Yes. All right. Final one for you, Bill, before we let you go. Uh, do you think that Jackson Smith and Jigba or Paris Johnson Jr. are worthy of that number nine pick by the Chicago Bears? Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, some of it, you know, I, I can't say that no, the Bears needs all that well. I, mean, I know that they did not have a lot around Justin Fields. And mm-hmm. I know that a receiver would certainly help. I know that a, a left tackle would certainly help. Um, I don't know that, you know, they're team needs well enough to say that they should take one of those guys, but either one of those guys is worthy of that pick. All right. Well, thank you so much, Bill. Uh, We really appreciate it, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Well, thanks to Bill. Um, I always love talking to Ohio State people and hearing them chuckle. 
when hmm. I ask them if Justin Fields is a they, running they quarterback. Know, they get it. It's, <laughs> we're like we're like we're brothers in arms yes. when it comes to Justin Fields. Yes. It's just like it's like that one meme where it's like the two guys grabbing hands, you yeah. know, in the middle. Bears fans, Ohio State fans, Justin Fields in the middle <laughs> because like, we get it. We vehemently defend him. It's just like everyone's like, oh, he's a running back. He's a running back. He's a running back. It's just like we talked about it. Did you watch him at Ohio State? Yeah. The guy was a quarterback who yeah. threw the ball. I don't think people did. I really I, it's, don't it's, think it's they just, did. And like, I remember coming coming out of Ohio State, I was just like, oh, yeah, like Justin Fields is a pass-first quarterback who can run the ball. Mm-hmm. He reminded me a lot more of a guy I was just like a more athletic version of a guy like Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. to where like when he needs to scramble, get out of the pocket and get a couple yards, he definitely can. Yeah. But what he did this past season where he's a thousand-yard rusher and arguably as good or better than Lamar Jackson did not see that coming at all. Yeah. And then everyone's just like, oh, well, he can do this now. That means he probably forgot how to throw the ball. Yeah. It's just like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, yeah. come on. It, I know. And it's just, it's frustrating to us because we obviously, being Bears fans, when you find out you, if you didn't watch Justin Fields already, if you didn't follow along with Ohio State or Big Ten football, or you didn't watch the Sugar Bowl, then maybe you don't know. And that's fine. Not everybody's college football fans. Not everybody goes and watches film on these guys when they're going through the combine and pro days and all of stuff and that was a weird year too because it was after 2020 so they didn't even have a combine that year it was they all had individual pro days so it really shifted things a little bit of how you were seeing the the talent you really had to go look for it other than just being able to turn on the tv and watch the combine um so not everybody's us not everybody is going to go back and watch all of the film and really study who these people are but all you have to do is literally turn on one ohio state Ohio State football game from 2020 and you could see that he was not running the ball like crazy like he was this last year he was doing that this last year because he had to yeah and you can see plays of his last year for the Bears where it's just like the arm talent is just undeniable yeah like there's like Lamar Jackson will throw deep balls and like hit Hail Marys and you know mm-hmm. have great passes and stuff but like a lot of the time like it's a little underthrown. you can yeah. see the ball wobbling a little bit you know and like he does have good passes but there are a lot more easy things to critique a guy like Justin Fields he just throws a perfect spiral, yeah. like 60 yards, no problem. And you're just like, oh, people think he can't so ro- throw the ball. Like, I, it is literally the most, ins- like, I think people are just trolling at this point. Yeah. I genuinely think no one actually believes that because if you actually believe that, you're, you're an idiot. Yeah. You're just dumb. Like, you're you don't dumb. know what football is. You're dumb. And I, just before we go on to some of those other guys, uh, I was watching also DJ Moore film. I've and watched I was 12 like, hours of that since we traded him oh, for him. And it's like the separation the separation i'm like we did not see that last year unless it was on accident like there was a couple times where i was like whoa cole commits wide open like how did mention, that happen like there are so many times where he's covered and he just finds a way finds a way yeah i mean breaks ankles like he's playing on a basketball yeah. court i saw one where he was yeah bad and that's what you also have to point out but there was one i can't remember who it was or like what who they were playing or anything i just remember it was in the end zone it was on the left side of the end zone they throw the ball. It's honestly kind of a bad pass anyways, but DJ Moore kind of like shuffles his feet around. The defender's right with him, like right right on him. All he had to do was stick with DJ for one more second, and he would have. it would have been an incomplete ball. And DJ Moore like goes to run right and then like quickly shifts left. This guy falls over. The, the defender falls over on his face, and DJ Moore just right there. And I'm like, we just didn't see a lot of that. I love Darnell Mooney, and I hate that I've seen a lot of Darnell Mooney hate on – on Twitter recently because I think Darnell Mooney is really good. I think he's a solid number two wide receiver. He can make big plays. He's not huge, and he still makes plays like some of the bigger wide receivers in the league. But that's why I think this could be potentially fun. But what is it even more fun if they add Jackson Smith and Jigba? And I you have really Jackson fun. Smith and Jigba, DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, 
Equinemia St. Brown, Valus Jones, and that's your wide rec- wide receiver core going into next year? I would feel great about that. Do you need an, a stud line if you have those guys? I don't think you do. And, like, the thing I want to keep stressing is, like, you don't have to completely ignore the offensive line if you do go the JSN route in the first round because we do have those two second-round picks. We have picks later in the draft. And, yes, any season that Justin has to play behind a subpar offensive line is not good. But this is a situation that we can address going forward as mm-hmm. well. It doesn't have to be solved in one offseason. I do think there needs to be a lot of improvement. Yeah. Does it need to become a top 10 offensive line next year? That's not a realistic expectation to have. And if you look at the Bengals, they had the chance to be like, hey, we can go get uh, Joe Burrow, his uh, left tackle of the future in Penny Sewell. Yep. We, get, we can get him his receiver of the future, Jamar Chase. Yeah. They went with Jamar Chase. They've yeah. had a lot of success yeah. going that route. And yes, and, yeah. and that's literally what I was going to say, Dylan, because I was like, I remember everyone giving the Bengals so much crap for going Jamar Chase and not getting an offensive line for uh, offensive lineman for him that season, and he got sacks like crap. He was running over. He had a ton of sacks. He was getting he and he was coming off an ACL. I think it was like that next year, and people are like, "What are you doing?" He already got injured, and now you're having to like you're not protecting your quarterback. And they went to. Did they go to the Super Bowl? They went to the Super Bowl. Or they went to the the championship so they went, game. The, it was. I think it was the J- Joe Burrow tore his ACL, and then that year they drafted Jamar Chase. He came back, and then they yeah. went to the Super Bowl. They I'm went to the sure. Super Bowl. Yeah. Yes. So that's what I remember. Everyone being like criticizing them, and they didn't have a good offensive line, whatever whatsoever. Their offensive line was absolutely terrible. But he had T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Jamar Chase, and he was able to still get things done. So that's what's in my head. If if you have a wide receiver core that you are comfortable with and Justin's comfortable with and he can get the ball out quick because there's actually receivers open and there's receivers that can make plays and get these contested catches and get the yards after catch and all of these things that we just haven't had the last few years, you don't need this absolute stud offensive line that doesn't let anybody through because also Justin can move. Like Justin's quick, yes, as he mentioned, he holds the ball too long. That's one of the criticisms we've heard a lot of the times because he wants to make a play. And I think we saw that a lot last season because Justin so badly wanted to keep pl- extend the play as long as possible. He didn't want to give up. He didn't want to. He didn't want to go down on another third and eight. He wanted to try to make something happen. And we had he had so many times where he did make something happen where you were like, oh, gosh, he's about to get you know, four yards and get tackled and then he'd go for 55 yards. So yeah. he wanted those because he knew he could, he was capable of it. But at times that holding the ball too long turned into a loss on a sack or a sack fumble. A 20 yard or, sack when it could have been a 10 yard sack or yeah. just throw the ball away or yeah. something so, like that. And those are issues that I fully expect that the Bears to hone in. And Luke Gessie is going to be drilling Justin Fields on not holding that's, onto that's the discipline. ball like that. You yes. can coach that. So. Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting, JSN. Definitely, you can't argue that it would be a move. There are obviously concerns that, like, okay, the guy had one good season in college football, but that one good season was phenomenal. Yeah, and and it think- wasn't like he had a bad season because he was playing. He just, obviously, with COVID year, things were kind of crazy. He wasn't the guy that freshman year. And then he has a hamstring injury, so yeah, it was a little bit was unfortunate. Say, I do think hamstrings are one of those things that are, like, very hard to get healthy all the way. Unless you get healthy all the way, it's going to really linger and affect the way you play. And if you look at him this past season, he wasn't the same player. But it's so hard to look how good he was the year before. Yeah, and just completely. And just that. look, yeah, look and not already, to mention can't the connection that him and Justin already have. I know it's not the same thing as like a Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddle had with their respective quarterbacks. But I think the fact that they both have been so publicly been like these guys, I want to play with them. I want, I want, I want, and yeah. like you got to listen to the guy who's playing for you. And yeah. Justin Fields is going to be part of this future, part of our program for a long time. Is going to be the future of this franchise. So like, you don't have to listen to him, everything he says. But when it comes to like who he's throwing the ball to, 
Probably not a terrible idea. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And then the other name, obviously, Paris Johnson Jr. We talked about Paris Johnson uh, was also an offensive line for Justin Fields in 2020, uh, offensive lineman for Justin Fields in 2020. I think he said, did he say he was a right guard that year, his yeah, freshman I think year? he said he was solid um, freshman. Yeah, freshman. I think he said so he right, right guard, freshman year, then he went to right tackle, and then he went to left tackle. So versatility there. Many places that you could put him on the offensive line. He's a beast of a human, like I mentioned, in that 6'6", 290 at this point. And they're saying he's still going to continue to fill out and get bigger. Um, but he still is quick, quick reflexes. They said he needs to work on that the, that edge rush a little bit. But everything else is solid from what I've read, from what I've watched. Um, so I think it's, it's hard to ignore that Paris Johnson could be an option. Because if you really do want to protect Justin Fields, why not get a guy that he, he knows and is familiar with on the offensive line? Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. And like at the end of the day, as a fan, it's very difficult. Even if they were just like, this guy is the... He's a penny Sewell, where they're just like, this guy's going to be a stud offensive lineman. Watch out. He's going to be a stud. Da, 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 da. It's very hard to get excited for that pick. Yeah. You know, like, you're going to be, like oh, I get cool, it. Cool. I get it. Like, it's a, you need it, you yeah. know? And, like, you're never going to be, like, I'm never going to be mad about taking an offensive lineman. Yeah. But if an offensive lineman gets drafted that high and doesn't work out, mm-hmm. I'm going to be much more mad yeah. than if we picked it at Jack and Smith and Jigba and he didn't work out, you yeah. know? So it's just a matter of, like, do they think that uh, Paris Johnson is going to be a guy who's going to be an offensive tackle for the next decade? Mm-hmm. And if it's yes, you take him. Yeah. But if they think it's a chance that Paris, or not Paris, uh, Jackson Smith Jibba turns into being one of the top receivers, mm-hmm. you got to go there. Yeah. So, what have we nailed on when it comes to like first round draft picks? Obviously, Justin Fields looks like he. We've nailed that one. Roquan Smith, we nailed that one. Um, I mean, if we're going back, like, it depends on previous regimes. If you're talking about that, like, prior, like, there was Kyle Fuller. I'd say he was a hit. Fuller, I love um, Fuller. Leonard Floyd was up and down. You could argue maybe kind of a hit, but with the Bears, definitely not. Have we not. ever hit on a wide receiver in the first round? I don't think we've ever drafted a receiver in the first we round did. of my life. Who was? Who? Oh, Kevin White. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> Kevin White. I forgot about Kevin White. Oh, my God. How could I, I forget like, about we Kevin did. White? That's why I have... A terrifying yeah. thing in my head. But even Kevin White, of a curse. for me, like, he wasn't the guy I wanted. I wanted Amari Cooper. Yeah, That yeah. was the guy who I really wanted. And, like, Kevin White was viewed as, like, he's just, like, a freak athlete. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, all these things. Like, obviously just couldn't stay healthy. And, like, I really yeah. do believe if he did stay healthy, he could have been good. But yeah. it's a whole other day. So. I know. Well, hey. obviously, it was Mitchell Trubisky. That was not a nail um, that was not a nailed pick. No. Uh, there, I think the Bears, obviously, there was years where I feel like we hit late. Like the second, third, fourth rounds, I'd be like, I oh, like Ryan, these. Ryan, Ryan Pace was terrible at drafting at the top of the draft. Like I just never was, under. I was like, what was are you doing? The best at drafting at the back of the draft. Uh, yeah, you know, Eddie Jackson, all those guys. Love Eddie yeah. Mooney. Where did we get Mooney? And he was like a fifth round pick. Fifth, something like um, that. So. Yeah. So because obviously Montgomery, who also was our last pit remaining pick from 2019, but that 2019 draft, David Montgomery, Riley Ridley, Duke Shelley, Kareth White, and Stephen Denmark, and I'm like. What? Isn't Duke Shelley playing with the Vikings now? I think he didn't he's, we just he's had pretty look, good he's having a pretty good seat. He, had a pretty good he did like for us, I guess it was like a big complaint that they the Bears hadn't ever used him like, like right. properly or whatever. Yeah. Um so obviously the twenty eighteen I was just like scanning through to see what some of these look like because it was Mitch uh Roquan, Mitch, oh that year, Adam Shaheen, Eddie, oh Tariq. My God. Baby Gronk. Um poor Tariq. I think Tariq you can't really name he, as a miss because no, he, he played one. really he well good. he just unfortunately injury um the year before was leonard for leonard floyd cody whitehair uh deon bush was that year jordan howard was that year oh dhc deandre houston carson was that year um and that was 
in the sixth round and he's still hanging around still, just like yeah, doing his thing out there so on the special teams yeah um so yeah it, it just like for me i feel like i'm so traumatized by first round picks because the majority of them other than like i said roquan and who'd you name um Kyle Fuller. Fuller, yeah. yeah. Those two, beside that, in a while, it's been very like... And like, to ugh. be fair, we've traded a decent amount of first-round picks in our yeah, Bears we, there, fan time. Like, I think we've only Cutler had two tra- in yeah. the last five there years. There was like, <laughs> a Jay Cutler trade that was for a while. We know yeah. we lost a few trades there. There's Khalil Mack, Justin yeah. Fields. Like, it's not Mitch. like we've had, you know... Yeah. And it's not like either like we've been trading away people to get extra first-round picks. Yeah. So... We haven't had as much opportunity as other teams, so. Yeah, so we will see. Uh, that pick nine is going to be obviously very important uh, moving forward. I personally, as much as I'm upset about David Montgomery and as much as I'm upset that we haven't fully addressed the defensive line yet, I do trust in Ryan Poles. I think Ryan Poles has a vision, and I saw last year as things were kind of looking a little shaky, things panned out throughout the season. Obviously, we only won three football games, but as in the people he brought into the Chicago Bears with – Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, Braxton Jones, uh, Jack Sanborn. Um, I, I'm even going to go to like blasting game. Like the he the some of the guys he was bringing in that he could actually f- try and figure some things out panned out. No one was terrible. Yeah, I would say other the than only maybe one, like Byron Pringle. But like, but like even he like he I feel like he, he had ten a, catches. Did yeah. you know that? Only well, 10 no, catches. like he was he like came in to block. I feel like he never really played for us yeah. that much. And like. The only guy even from the draft class you could argue like Bayless, but even he had flashes. Of yeah, things and he towards could the do. end of the season, really started yeah. getting better. Because like obviously he started terribly. Yeah, but, you know, like towards the end you're just like, oh, like I see what the vision was. This yeah, guy Trenton of. Gill, we got a punter. Like there was not there was not a single like flop flop of yeah. this you know class class draft class or free agency class. Yeah. I would say so. So I'm confident. I, I'm confident in Ryan Poles. We have two second round picks, the number nine pick, ten picks overall. We have five picks in the top 103, which is huge because I don't even we've barely had five picks total in the last uh, few years. But anyways, we will continue these mini series podcasts. So stay tuned uh, for some of the players that could potentially be drafted by the Bears. I'm Taylor Dahl. That's Dylan Ryan. Uh, We are making monsters and we'll catch you guys next time.